and welcome back to Cinema Vino. Good to have you. We got Travis and Sean. Hey, my name's Todd. Um, is this the first one back with Travis? This is our first one back with Travis. So okay. We're doing yes. a, non- a non-linear recording tonight, so our episode's going to be all out of order. So <laughs> I don't know where we are. Enjoy our Tarantino-esque recording night. Um, tonight we're doing our Best Picture Series continues with Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. So, good stuff. Um, had you guys seen this before? Yes. Yes, yes, I have. Okay. So, all three. Okay. So... Had I think I, I think I watched this in a hotel room with my dad. Interesting. In I think Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> so I'll be curious to see what you guys think of it, both then and now. So um, we are drinking the Juggernaut Russian River Pinot Noir. Uh, for those who don't know, the Russian River is just northwest of San Francisco in California. That's one of the hoity-toity. I thought this was coming from Russia. Yeah, uh, it ain't from Russia, so. Bitch, why is it Russian? Hmm. Why is it called the Russian River? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, I'm, maybe some Russians settled there, you know. Maybe it is a river that rushes? Exactly. It's a Russian river. Um, so I picked this one for the label. Uh, it definitely looks a little bit like a Birdman type character. It's definitely a, uh, uh, what's the word, um, aquiline looking creature on there aquiline is that the right word i don't i thought aquiline aquiline i've heard noses nose yeah okay in like dracula but that's like sharp yeah maybe so not specifically a proboscis but this looks like a big like a bird man like yeah it does avian look, it, it, avian, avian. Is a good there word. we go yeah avian yeah so maybe, maybe i do have some covid word drop going on i don't there. know i'll look up aquiline yeah three weeks ago i got my first case of covid so there you go and is that the album by uh it's uh Jethro Toll? First case of COVID. Aqualine? No. Aqualung. <laughs> Aqualine l- is a human nose with a prominent bridge. So it's like curved. A, it's like a Maybe like a, a beak. I don't know. Okay. So see? Doctor says I need a beakyotomy. <laughs> so you you did the thing that normal people do is they pick out wine based on how on the cool label. the label looks. Yes. I thought it fit the movie, like yeah. its appearance. And that's plus, one thing I've always struggled with. It's like cool labels get me every time. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing about, and they know that. That's why they hire good artists. And yeah, but like, good wine has shitty labels. A lot of times, yeah, it pisses me off. Yeah, mm. get cooler labels. I mean, it's like how they have like the the ratty books in the library. Sometimes are the best ones. And, yeah, you know, the, the the ones with the cool most covers. boring brown fucking cover with gold lettering. Yeah, and then you get the, the best badass book ever. That's kind yeah. of wines are that way too sometimes. Woot! Um, Dictionary out here with like Dictionary. badass cover art. Yeah. So this is a nice little uh, $20 Pinot. You know, I mean, cover art be damned. It's a pretty good little wine, I think. It is good. Um, we're coming right off that, like, really big, bold Spanish red. This is, like, a little bit lighter. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. definitely... But still kind of bold. In terms of body, if that was a fifth-gear wine, this is about a third-gear wine. This yeah. just shifts down a little bit. Mm. Drink it chill. It's pretty easy drinking. Um, you know, pretty mild, um, but nice. I get a lot of cherry flavor on this. I get a lot of, like kind of drier dark cherries i think i would have drank these in reverse order yeah like start low and then go oh and that's that was also the aesthetic decision of like i'm feeling uh no country for old men first mm. i'm just in the mood to talk about that one so that that <clears throat> that overrode the the flavor protocol of the wine it's like i'm feeling talking about the Cullen brothers first got a lot to say so i get cherry i get a little bit of pepper yeah let me uh, take a sip and then say a word it almost has like kind of that Syrah kick of like peppers. Yeah, a little, little bit of a 
not not heat but like a little bit of like a tingle on the tongue not not a lot of it but like when they come up to you with one of those grinders in the in the uh, like, would you like a little bit of pepper it's like just a little bit just a smidge just a little bit of just a scotch <laughs> and then yeah they're like nope that's good I'm good thank you very much okay very good let me no, know I, once more I still have a shit palate I got nothing sorry and yeah I mean full disclosure I completely lost my taste three weeks ago and it has just about all come back um, so I can make some shit up. You would you, yeah. go along with it. I mean, and for some reason, like I can still like we drank a bottle of wine for Valentine's Day. It's like I can still this still tastes like Chateau Neuf de Pop. It still tastes like what? what? Say it again. Chateau Neuf de Pop. Chateau Neuf de Pop. Chateau Neuf de Pop. That, that sounds like a what, foreign language, uh, like in sync. Dirty Pop. <laughs> Chateau Neuf de Pop. <laughs> Chateau Neuf de Pop. <laughs> Uh, my son loves NSYNC, by the way. Your son loves NSYNC? Loves NSYNC. He has requested some Bye 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 bed sheets. So he, he loves <laughs> nice. NSYNC. Yeah. He's have you, 30 years too late. Have yeah. you tried to introduce him to New Kids on the Block? He does, and he likes Backstreet Boys. Oreos? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Oreo. <laughs> the white stuff. He, he has heard uh, New Kids. So he, N-K-O-T-B. He, he does enjoy the, the New Kids, but... Definitely a big fan. Once, especially once he figured out that Justin Timberlake is a voice in Trolls, mm. so he voices the character Branch. So and then he was officially like, "This is Branch singing." What about Anna Kendrick? Is he Pitch Perfect fan? Uh, Have you a, shown him Cups? Yes, we've actually watched that. He enjoyed it. How does your son feel about Justin Timberlake following the allegations from Britney Spears? Uh, we haven't talked about it a whole lot yet, but we will. Have you we'll shown him soon. because like, if he stands by by Justin after that. It says something. Yeah, I, I know he'll stand behind both Britney and Jamie Lynn Spears. So, Good. H- have you shown him like the original like YouTube videos, like the the uh, what the Geico Salamander, Mr. Balloon Hands, Mr. Balloon's Hands, tying knots, <laughs> walk <laughs> like, down me on the walkway. Yeah, I, I think you should show that to him. He, it would be kind of like a cartoon, and then he would always say crazy, you know, quotes out of nowhere. Yeah, Mr. Balloon Hands. Yeah. Throw out an idea. Hmm. Like Christmas knots. Put your son in like a uh, just denim, full head to toe Canadian tuxedo. Oh, we've talked about it for Halloween. I would love that. Put him on the so podcast. Funny. His best friend. Let's uh, get him on the pod. His best friend at uh, at daycare. You know, she that we could do them as like all denim. Justin and Brittany. I would love that so much. Yeah, two thousand TRL. Make it happen. Um. So anyway, what is this movie? So we're talking about Birdman. Oh yeah. <laughs> Birdman. This was released October 17th, 2014. Ten years ago now. Coming up on. Uh, this gross $103 million worldwide. Budget $16 million. This won uh, Oscars for Best Picture, Director, Screenplay, and Cinematography. Michael Keaton, Emma Stone, Edward Norton were all nominated in their acting categories. Uh, yeah, as they should be. Yeah. Was, was Emma Stone Best Supporting Actress? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. She was. Yeah. Um... This competed against American Sniper was his main competition. Jesus. Boyhood. Is that Bradley Cooper? Mm-hmm. Boyhood was the one filmed over like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation mm-hmm. Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Wait, Theory of How many everything? movies was that? Mm, let's see. This was... So counting Birdman, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight. Oh, Theory of Everything was Eddie Redmayne, uh, right? Yes, Ed, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, okay. All right, I remember. Yeah. And what were the other movies? The um, Imitation Game. Mm-hmm. I remember that being good. That's uh, Imitation Benedict Game, is that the Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. where he's breaking the Enigma? Plays uh, Alan Turing. Yeah. yeah. And Selma. Obviously. And... Civil Rights. 
What else? Grand Budapest Hotel. I think I've seen Grand Budapest. Is that the West Anderson? Yeah. Anderson, yeah. And what else? Boyhood and American Sniper. I don't think I've, I have not seen American Sniper or Boyhood, but Both I've seen American Sniper. It's, it's what, what were the last ones? Not Best you Picture nominee. No, it's, it definitely not. Run through the list one more time. One more time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Birdman, American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Whiplash is the one I was thinking. Oh, okay. yeah. No. And what? Uh, J.K. What, Simmons. Simmons. What won that year? This year. Birdman. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. Am I rushing or am I dragging? <laughs> <laughs> I also haven't seen Whiplash. Which he won the Oscar for that, J.K. Simmons. He should. That movie's so fucking good. Yeah. I mean, you should see Whiplash. Miles Teller? It will Mr. Give, Fantastic? Yes. Mm-hmm. It will give you so much anxiety if you oh, were ever yeah. a musician. Yes. Guys, I was about we, to say that. We still need to see Fant Forstick on here. Oh, get there. We'll get there. 2015, that, Josh um, Trank. Spankwire? Oh. I don't know. I bought it on Blu-ray so I could <laughs> let everyone tube. everyone tube. borrow it so they would never pay to watch it's it. It's on the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little too deep in the web for me. Mm-hmm. Are uh, you rushing or are you dragging? Yeah, we that, should do it. That makes your eyeball twitch. Like, like you say, if you've ever played music, it's just like... If you ever had a, like a, a music director that just... Is a little overbearing. Yeah, just a, and a lot of them are. Yeah, a lot of them are that way. I had a music director that was would wear button downs. Only he was, you know, rotund, and around about the belly button, the uh, he didn't wear an undershirt, and it strained, and it was just like that is a hairy, hairy ass stomach. And I, I had a director who straight up would sweat through an entire shirt through the first half of a rehearsal change into another shirt for the second half sweat through the second half granted these are like long rehearsals these are like full day like workshops but he sweat through two shirts (laughs) easily changed into a third for the actual performance my first music director would pump out his teeth his dentures and give me give us like like donkey teeth every once in a while this, like right here. this is how I get like, my embouchure just right that is haunting <laughs> but pretty cool I would do the same wasn't that one of Keen Pills like uh, NFL draft picks for their like skit or something Sigourney donkey teeth. teeth donkey teeth donkey teeth <laughs> Jamarius Wondersplat Jamiroquai Fendersplat <laughs> okay so anyway do we, Birdman yeah um this was conceived as one continuous take, uh, even though there are, uh, according to IMDb, 16 there, there cuts. There are real breaks. There are 16 cuts in yeah. the movie. I think it's, a lot of them is when they're going up to the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I, I, a lot of upward shots yeah. or like shots into like one big bright color yeah. fading into A lot another. of very quiet cuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and since there, it echoes Hitchcock's movie Rope, which yes. was made in 1948. That movie was also designed to be one continuous take. But there's like, how many cuts are in that? At least three? There's more than that, because at that point in time, uh, a film can, I believe, held eight minutes mm. of film. Okay. And so there is a cut every eight minutes. It was they Basically, once they ran out of every inch of film and they had to reload, they would cut. They'd find a way to cut. Out of curiosity, why did they not build a bigger can? I don't know. They just Was that just not... I uh, guess an option to fit in the camera. Yeah, I guess they couldn't. Feller that was there, all they could give you ten cents to see into his can. <laughs> and he was in uh, the no, second no brother right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think they were limited to basically that you could film that long with that much film in your camera, and that was it. Okay, so yeah, Rope is great. Have you seen? Rope? I've not seen Rope. It's yeah, I think it's one of my favorite Hitchcock. Is he a good director though? 
I don't know because I haven't seen all of them. I don't love I everything he ever did, but, but the stuff he did that was great, like Vertigo, is I think awesome. I love awesome. I love North by Northwest. I haven't seen North by Northwest or Vertigo. We gotta watch North by Northwest. That's I've like done awesome. I've done Rear Window. I've seen Birds, mostly the end, and I've seen Psycho. Uh, I've seen uh, Psycho. Rope. I've seen Psycho. Yeah. All right. I guess we should talk about Birdman. But yeah, gotta watch North by Northwest. If if you if I if somebody said I gotta watch one Hitchcock movie, I'd say watch North by Northwest. That's that's Hitchcock doing a Bond movie with Cary Grant. Ooh. So anyway. So yeah, Rope is a hell of a movie. Uh, basically, it takes place in an apartment. And just a quick side note on Rope for those who haven't seen it, you need to see it. Jimmy Stewart gets invited by these two Leopold and Loeb type killers who have killed somebody, and they try to see if this. I want to say he's a like an elite film or not film professor, but like an elite academic professor. Oh, and it's twenty twenty four. We can say they were probably uh, gay. They were. They, they, it didn't have. It had the undertones. Yes, but yeah, the characters they were based on in real were life. Are we not allowed to say that before now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. We can say it now in 2024. Yeah. I feel powerful. Yeah. I feel strong. So right. the characters they were based on, Leopold and Loeb in real life, were uh, a couple. Oh. Okay. And they were spree killers. But anyway, they try to invite Jimmy Stewart to try and deduce in this squeaky clean apartment that there's a dead body in there and a murder is taking place. And, so it, and basically, it's one continuous shot in that apartment meant to look like they would pan across, like the camera would pan across a column or a wall, and that's where your cut would be. And then, but it was meant to look seamless. So that's obviously an imitation or an, an inspiration for yeah, this movie. Great. So basically, editing is top tier. So basically, yeah. it's a, a play all in one room. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah, much like well. Meanwhile, this is a movie about a play. Mm-hmm. A play about a play. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this uh, gently satirizes real life as Keaton plays a washed-up comic book actor named Regan Thompson. Obviously, sending up Keaton playing Batman, right? Especially when he says, "I haven't played that since 1992." Yeah, which Batman Returns. returns. What am I going to do? Clearly. Go back in the rubber suit? Yeah. At this age, spoiler <laughs> alert, foreshadowing. Motherfucker does. Yeah, it, this hits different after Flash. It yeah. does. Uh, wait, was it Flash yeah, the Flash? Flash yeah. harder, or was it just called Flash? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I didn't pay Flash. to see that movie. That's what I remember. Yeah, I think Keaton was the best thing about it. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy his cameo. Yeah, he, he was, was great. Even though I don't feel like they did a good job writing him, I think he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, he's so, a great actor. Well, I love Keaton and stuff. Parts, not not first when he showed up, but a little bit later. Yeah, they just yeah, it, he fought a man with spaghetti. Yeah, there was which I mean I, I did that in college when, so we, I lost too. We've all been fighting for our lives. With spoiler alert, apologies to Zack Snyder, but God, I'm glad you're gone. Yeah, was that Zack Snyder? Did no, it, but he it's a trickle-down effect. Oh, okay. Yeah, Zack yeah. Snyder's not gone. He just went home. Wow. He's going to come back. Well, he, he did Rebel Moon, which is where he needs to stay. Somehow Zack Snyder has returned. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ed Norton plays a pompous, prickly character actor, also an imitation of real life, and a send-up of Ed Norton as an actor. Hard to work with, Ed Norton. If yeah. Anything, if anything, this that was a more on-the-nose than Michael Keaton. As Ed I, I, Norton has a reputation as a righteous dickhead. I gotta say, this felt like Ed Norton playing Ed Norton. Righteous dickhead would be a great band name. Yeah. <laughs> From what I've heard. Also, Ed Norton on, on stage. Yes. Yeah. Just a <laughs> righteous <laughs> dickhead. Big old Norton boner. Um, Did he get to choose his size? I mean, you gotta think so. I mean, I would... I'll, Was that not his real dick? I mean, it's, it's gotta be... It's... Uh, 
it's got to be there for a laugh, but it also has to be seen Realist. by the back yeah. row. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know if Norton is hogging that much. It looked like he was smuggling Gonzo's nose. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's a band name. <laughs> smuggling Gonzo's nose. That's a band name. <laughs> I think I would go for like the size of a small perch. It makes me want to watch Muppet Like Babies. the fish? Yeah. You know, a perch is just a bluegill, right? Yeah, I'd go for a small bluegill in my pants. <laughs> so, just FYI. Just a small, small but not too small. I've seen some small bluegill. I'd go for... Do pro- better. I would go big enough that you can't throw it in the water. I'd say... You know, uh, don't throw it back. It's like a keeper. Yeah, I'd say my dick would be big enough you'd want to take it home. I gotta say, I'm, I'm jealous of the three minnows uh, like swimming back to back. That's where I'm sitting. Was that a haiku? Yep. I think that was a haiku. I'm jealous of three. Anyway, because I just like the walleye. You know, it's like it's long, but it's skinny. Yeah, and, you know, basically, you got a gar on your pants. <laughs> <laughs> gar, don't yeah. look under that dock. You got a, you got a Mississippi gar down there. Don't touch the sides. Operation. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're talking about Birdman. And this wine is good. That, yeah. There's a channel cat. Yeah. This might sound like the first episode of the night. This is the second sure episode of the night. It. So we're a few glasses of wine in. So onward. Uh, as the film begins. Crimson Soldier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Knew we were going there. Uh, as the film begins, Thompson is attempting to adapt a Raymond Carver short story for the Broadway stage. Uh, this is his attempt to return to relevance as Thompson uh, struggles with both anxiety and insecurity. Uh, which manifests itself as the booming inner monologue of the Birdman character that he became famous for playing. Fuck all of them. Yeah. Excellent gravelly voice, though. Yeah. So good. I wish that was my inner monologue. Second. Swear to me. Fuck you, pussy. That was good. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. had it. Yeah. I that's, that's spot on. Mm-hmm. I was right in my ear. A little, little, <laughs> little, little COVID, little red wine gives me a great... Todd, can I get you to give like be my inner monologue? Yeah. Like, Can you give me JOIs? Get off your ass. They're all laughing at you. Do you know what that stands for? Yes, I do. Can you tell the audience? No, I can't. Oh, okay. My parents, do you know listen, what my parents listen to this. <laughs> I do, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think my mom also listens to this podcast. So. God, look it up, Grandma. This is the, the added virtue of ignorance. <laughs> look it up, Grandma. <laughs> Why don't you Google that, Grandma? So, uh, Thompson attempts to inject credibility into his project by adding Norton's character, Mike Shiner. We also meet uh, Thompson's daughter, played by Emma Stone, uh, and his perpetually flummoxed assistant, played by Zach Galifianakis. And Not just assistant, also lawyer and manager. producer. He's almost like his, like his handler, yeah. basically. Like he's he's the classic. Like you think about some established star, there's always some long suffering assistant that's been mm. there for, for twenty years. Who's just his fate is always going to be tied to this guy, but also like helps him survive. Best friend slash whipping post. Yeah, you know it's kind of like uh, yeah, if you ever seen Veep, um, the 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 assistant Gary Toby. Mm. Yeah, it's like he he is his like. You know, he is her confidant. Like, Gary! Yeah. But also, like, little bitch, basically, too. The best bit from that show was, spoilers, at the end of the, at the, end of the show where Gary goes to prison, mm-hmm. and she's still just like, where's Gary? Yeah. <laughs> she's framed him. Ma'am, you have framed him for prison. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's in jail yeah. for you. It's like, I need my lip balm. <laughs> Gary! Yeah. 
And so basically, the film sends out the pretentiousness within the acting like business community with sharp, dark, biting comedy. At the same time, uh, Birdman is a thoughtful character study of Regan Thompson and his search to be a relevant leading man. Um, so basically, that's what I got. And I'll, I want to hear, Trav, what you thought of it. You've seen it before. I have. Um, what did you think of it then? What do you think of it now? I I basically had the same thought this time around. Like, uh, obviously, I'm a big comic book nerd, so all of the references to the end jokes to Batman, Birdman, uh, I totally got. I thought they were hilarious. They are even more interesting now, uh, given uh, Michael Keaton showing back up as older Batman mm-hmm. in the Flash. They have a completely different like. He's almost foreshadowing uh, what re- he's going to do. His role, yeah, yeah. In the next, like, what? When did Birdman come out? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, and Flash was what? Twenty twenty three. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, so six, seven, eight, nine almost years ten later. Years. Just yeah. And in the Flash, you actually get to see Batman poorly written for two different Batman characters. You actually get to see two different poor, poor renditions. Two different Batman. shitty Batman. Yeah. And ben Affleck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if you want to count George Clooney, three. I was going to say you get George Clooney. Then. Oh, I forgot. I who is arguably the shittiest Batman. Yeah. Oh, I, I've but the has entire, the most potential for Bruce Wayne. Most of the Flash yeah. movie has been stricken from my record. I've my my mind. I've I've beautiful minded myself. I've gone memento in that movie and just pretend like it never happened. But um, just edibled that piece of your brain away. Yes. Well, uh, side note, I think if you want to give Michael Keaton another chance as Batman, obviously he was amazing. I, I would love to see a Michael Keaton like Batman Beyond. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would. An I would older be, Batman. I think yeah. He, he's great. He looks great. Yeah. The suit. It's great. I'm, you know. He, he I'm totally looked down for it. Pretty fit in this movie. He this did. was ten years if, ago. I mean, if James Gunn is is heading up DC, he's going to do all the greatest hits. He's going to allow Elseworlds. It, you know, DC they they call what ifs Elseworlds, like different dimensions where different shit happens. They will do a Dark Knight Returns. I guarantee it. I want to see them do Green Lantern again. Yeah, they better mm-hmm. and good with Ed Norton as Green Lantern. Uh, they're, they're always they're already doing uh, Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner, Green Lantern in the uh, Superman Legacy. Yeah, well, I'm alright with that. Um, so Birdman. Anyway, I loved all of the the references to Batman and Birdman. I also loved it. It reminded me of uh, Rear Window with all the cuts. It uh, also rope. rope. Oh, sorry, rope. Yeah, but it also reminded me of a movie that I love called Noises Off with Michael Caine. Michael, and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. And also Nicolette, tied to the Batman franchise. Nicolette Sheridan, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh. And I want to say it's a Neil Simon uh, adaptation. What? Is it? I have to look that up. I think Noises Off is Neil Simon. We and I think the the um, uh, the female lead in Airplane, I don't know her name. Julie Haggerty. Yeah. Okay. That's sad that I know that. Um, oh, and uh, good John Ritter is in that, too. There's, like, the more I think about it, Noises Off is fucking great. It doesn't have quite the... Um, the best way I can think of Birdman is that it's both rope and Noises Off. There's, like, long, long cuts, and it's a play about a play. Yeah. And they, you know... Uh, do the whole thing that noises off is much in my opinion funnier 
a little snarky and smarmy. This is, they actually leave uh, the, the theater and they go to a, a bar and then I think at one point, what? Oh yeah, Michael Keaton runs around the whole thing in his undies. Yeah. As you do. Great scene. In his damn awesome. undies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoy Birdman. I, uh, I loved Ed Norton in it, though. I think he was uh, probably my favorite part. Make Emma Stone did great. Yeah. Yeah. She was great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Michael Keaton was phenomenal in it, but I, I enjoyed Ed Norton's foil yeah. character uh, the most. Um, I don't... You know, it's got so many extra pop-ins of the imaginary friend or the the angel slash devil on his shoulder, Birdman, that you don't quite know what happens. Like, like uh, there's the whole flying sequence in the middle, uh, and then he, that's like the near the, the end, third part of the third act. And yeah. as he's getting in, and he uh, he's walking into the theater, and the taxi driver's like hey that guy didn't pay me and then runs in you're like oh okay well he he ran off of the he top of the building fact yeah. fly. he's out of his mind he, he just he got out of there he was in a, a taxi whatever but at the end you don't know if he's jumped out of the building and you know she's she's watched him fall or she's like oh Wait, no, he is Birdman. He's flying, or yeah, I don't know if he's she's seeing flying. an angel. Like I was really trying to interpret it this time because you hear his voice, at least in the subtitles, at the end, still laughing or whatever. So it's just kind of it yada yadas itself. It's always spoken to me as a man on a bender, like an alcoholic. Mm. <clears throat> We're rewatching The West Wing, and there's a character in there that's an alcoholic. He's supposed to be like the White House chief of staff. And he meets like some high-level NSA agent, and there she's talking about some mission that she was on ten years before in South America, and he was supposedly somehow he was indirectly he was again high up in the government and he was involved in that somehow. And he but at that point he was a raging alcoholic, and you know he kind of looks back at her. They're talking, and he's like, "Did we meet? We've met, even though they've been through several seasons of the show together." He suddenly realizes, like, "Wait a minute, I've met you ten years ago." at a bar and he was so out of it and and on drugs and booze he does to be fair to be fair i think if if you were to introduce me to someone that i've met 10 years ago not as an alcoholic i say as a drink wine mm-hmm. i don't think i'd be able to remember a random person that i met 10 years ago i think you would in this situation like this was a scenario where you'd remember the person because okay. it's like they're talking about like overthrowing okay. a government you know, and it's mm. like she's like a, I don't know. I I've done some coups in the last decade, and I don't think I would remember some people I cooed with. <laughs> you know, it's like you're talking about killing a dictator. You know, assassinating. But there's so many dictators. That's true. You know, they're dime a dozen. I, I've killed a million dictators. <laughs> I don't need any dick in my mashed potatoes. No dictators for me, please. And so you know, it's weird. I watched Gross Point Blank. <laughs> That's the second second dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> two for two. Dictators. Uh, no, thank you. You know, watching Gross Point Blank and Cusack's Hitman. I don't know if you guys have seen Gross Point Blank. Yeah, yeah. great uh-huh. fucking movie. And he's talking about how he killed, Cusack puts his dick in mashed potatoes. He talks about how he killed the president of Paraguay with a fork. Ooh. You know, and it's like I think it's pronounced Paraguay. Talk about how he, well he says Paraguay. So Paraguay. Imagine John she, Cusack's not a great actor. So <laughs> I imagine. What hey, she, you shut your mouth. He was in Serendipity. Yeah, and say anything. Mm-hmm. Which is a hell of a damn movie. Yeah. Um, you ever anyway. seen fourteen oh eight? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but side note, so this always has struck me as Michael Keaton's character on a, on a bender where it's like, you know, he's probably getting boozy and freaked out. And so you're seeing the blur of his going through life. You know, you're kind of seeing his hazy. Especially because like leading into that part of the third act is you see him buying booze and just like getting drunk, waking up on a, on a stoop. Mm-hmm. He, he's the definition of an unreliable narrative. Using yeah. a, a, like a trash bag as a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. You have an unreliable narrator guiding you through this movie. Second so. movie we did where he just wakes up, you know, on a stoop. Mm-hmm. I want to say for me, seven and a half. If, if, if I gave no country an eight, spoiler alert, um, this has got to be maybe a seven and a half. Like it, it maybe deserves more, but it's been much like no, no country. It's been several years since I've seen this and I don't feel the need to watch it again anytime soon. It was interesting. It it was, it was good. It's, it's not a movie you can rewatch like within a year. You got to go back like, but every five to six years, if I can remember like his ex wife, the actress in that, I can never remember her name. Um, she's been, she's the office. Yeah. yeah, Amy Ryan. Yeah. She's been in the office. Amy Ryan, Amy Ryan, but she's been Mm -hmm. in, uh, for some reasons, other stuff I've watched, a bunch of things. And I'm like, I had no idea she was in this or I had no idea or I had forgotten that she was Bridges spies with the Tom. Um, but she pops up all the time. I fucking love her. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only thing like I saw her in the office first and then I think I've retroactively seen other things where I'm like, oh yeah, she's in the office. But I've seen enough things now where I'm like, she's fucking great. Great. She's all over the place. Yeah. And the actress who plays Michael Keaton's girlfriend in this, the the actress, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I've three weeks or three, whatever late. She was in the movie last year to Leslie, where she got nominated for Academy Awards. It's a big controversy because a lot of her famous buddies. Wait, is the movie called last year to Leslie? It's just to Leslie. Okay. And it was last year's Oscar. Last year. She nominated for best actress. No, I'm with you. And all of her like famous buddies campaigned for her. And it, even though everybody does that for every nominee for pretty much every award in existence people campaign so for some reason she got in hot water for that even though her performance in to leslie was as an alcoholic was amazing that that, that was the best performance of last year i thought hmm. so she's a great actress that and it's kind of like the, the actress that plays the wife in no country for old men this uh, actress that played the girlfriend in this has a thick thick english accent in oh no the the girl who played the wife in no country for old men is like super irish she is scottish scottish she's scottish, scottish. Oh, that is scottish. i just remember right. her from boardwalk empire yes thick thick accent yeah mm-hmm. it's like a brogue i mean it's like you can't or like a scottish bird it's like it's a good job doing the yeah that was that's a different podcast that's, that's amazing for somebody podcast, that, that has that yeah. thick of an accent can do that amazing like seamless yeah. and i think until leslie that actress does like a west texas accent flawless and then, yeah, you listen to her in real life. It's, like, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> if George W. can do it, anybody can do it. The right. Last thing I'll say, um, I, I kept looking for, uh, since I had seen this before, I was looking for the cuts uh, this time. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. I saw whenever um, Emma Stone, Emma Stone also great in this. Great actress. Especially when she's yelling her tirade at wrong. her dad. He's not wrong. Um, uh, whenever she and Ed Norton are on the roof and she's like, okay, truth or dare, go ahead and follow me. And he's, you know, walking down the stairs following her and they go to the, is it the catwalk? area, yeah. Above. It's interesting because as the camera goes, you are Ed Norton and she keeps turning around and looking at 
the camera in into your eyes like um and then they do once they get down the stairs they shift i was going to go back and look at it again because she turns away and looks at something and then turns back and then ed norton is right there so it's it's all the camera movements were really cool in this but i could see rope didn't have uh the the advantage of cgi yeah special effects where you could you know start uh you know do a, a you don't quick have a time lapse or, or you can do a yada yada all right now it's nighttime now we're going through now we're pulling through a window that's not open well, and we're back to the scene and rope was in one set and rope was also in real time so there were no transitions to like day to night i mean it's mm-hmm. like rope was like 88 minutes because i think it's a it's 11 reels long is 88 minutes the story takes 88 minutes so it's like it's like the movie high noon where it's like you know the movie high noon starts at 10 30 and it's a 90 minute movie that's, that, that yeah, ends at noon yeah oh, i didn't know that yeah that's cool and so those movies are what's called real time it's like the nick cage movie snake eyes where it's like the, the amount of time and gary sneeze is in that but it's like a, oh. it's a rare thing where it's like you know rope takes place in real time see the first one of those i ever saw was johnny depp in the nick of time and i'm not sure if that's exactly it but that's a damn good movie mm-hmm. is his it's name nick I wish it was. Maybe? And then Time with an H. Why? Have you seen Nick of Time? I've seen it. It's been a long time. It's It's been a long time. It's long long time? Uh, long Nick of Time? Been a long time. Been a long time. Been a long time. Been a long time since a rock and roll. So, Sean? Um, Birdman. Just off the bat, I'll give this an 8.5. Yeah. Right? I, I think this is a great movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I enjoyed it more the first time I watched it than this time. I think watching it a second time, I kind of had some expectations going into it, and I kind of knew what to expect and i think that took away from it i think you enjoy it more going in fresh not knowing what to expect not really knowing like you said the unreliable narrator of just like seeing his character kind of um uncoil yeah. as the movie goes on and just seeing him continuously kind of dive deeper and deeper into this like this psychosis this like you know, seeing things, his, his abilities of grandeur. Well, just like his, he thinks he's telekinetic yeah, and he's able to throw stuff. And he's like, I did that. Yeah. I think I did that. It's like, he's the center of his own universe. It, it starts with such a simple thing where like he thinks he dropped the light on the other actor. And then it, it gets, it culminates to the point of him just like throwing stuff around the room where it, it, to him, it shows him like, you know, zinging stuff with his brain and then as soon as somebody else comes in and is looking he's physically picking stuff up and throwing it he's doing a russell crow yeah i think i think they do such a good job of showing like unreliable narrator perspective and then boom someone else comes in the picture this is what's actually happening yeah is the light falling is that the only time where he's just like oh my god i was I praying did, for I something did that. to happen yeah and like other people are there to witness it yeah well and yeah and that's the thing is like, like it, it, me. it justifies his psychosis in a way that from that point on he's like maybe i am a little special you saw it i have superpowers i, I did that i do have that power it seeing him sort of just like unfurl across you know the the two hours is just it's so well done i mean the cinematography is great i think the editing is amazing it we know it's not one continuous shot, but they do it in a way that like is really convincing that it is one continuous shot. It's like shot. 1917, the yeah. horror movie. Yeah. Um, the movie that I go back to for the one continuous shot is a movie called Silent House with um, Elizabeth Olsen. 
Is this it's the one it, that you've been wanting me to it's, watch? It's been on my list for us to podcast on. I think maybe by the time we get to October, we'll do that as a horror movie. Does it? It's, it's shot in one continuous shot, but it's it's cool. We'll, we'll get to it. Does it give you like a whole... Because what I like about this is that it gave you a idea of the entire geography of the place. Like, I think I could, if you put me in a room, it basically I could takes get place to in that house and yeah. I could get up to the roof. Yeah. Is, is it the same thing watching silent house? You silent can, house. Yeah. You could go, it's, it's almost like playing a video game where you're like, all right, I know how to get, I, I get the map now. Yeah. 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 It kind of is. But like this, it gives you that like claustrophobia of like the theater. It gives you that claustrophobia of just like, navigating this like tight New York space. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it that they constantly make jokes about how that's a shithole theater and it's like a famous... It's on Broadway. It's a famous it's like, on Broadway. This stage has been graced by the presence of the feet of gods. Well, it's like how they... Like, that was where I want to say the Oklahoma debuted in that theater. Yeah. And like... Okay, uh, so, well, hey. And then I want to say the King and I. And there's like obviously some big... Or South, it was the King and I or South Pacific debuted in that theater. It's like, oh, this is a shithole theater. It's like this shithole theater but at the same time there's that you know all those people that are just like you are you know occupying space that could be occupied by a better artist it's that theater snobbery that theater snobbery and i was i was gonna say yeah the critic is a great character that is so underspoken Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. she's just lindsey duncan ominous thing in the background and she's almost like the harbinger of death for him and that throughout that but i love and i didn't see this i think the first time that i watched it but whenever they show him the the final scene where he's on stage doing his monologue and then he shoots himself Mm -hmm. you see everybody start to like nervously start to clap and then you see her everyone does a standing ovation except for her and she's in the second row and she's just on the right and as everyone is doing a standing ovation she gets up and walks out of the theater yeah and I didn't I see that. that I don't think I saw that the first time I saw the movie yeah. and I was like holy shit yeah. fucking got your ass mm-hmm. got you bitch and then rando guy when he's buying his liquor and walks out and doing Bill Camp doing he's that doing yeah, Macbeth. He's, yes yeah I I as soon as he turned around, I was like, holy shit, I've seen him in other stuff. But yeah, you're right. She's Lindsay Duncan is her name. She was, I'm rewatching Rome right now. She's fucking great. I've seen her in so many things. What is she, she in Rome? Up. She's Servilia of the Junii. Uh, that uh, she she banged Caesar uh, out of wedlock. Who did bang Caesar? <laughs> I mean, everyone was doing it those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I give this an 8.5. I think it's really well edited. Obviously, the acting is amazing. Yeah. Um, it kind of gave me some perspective on Ed Norton. I know he's kind of thought of as a difficult actor to work with. He makes fun of himself. He does. And, and after watching the Val Kilmer documentary, and Val Kilmer also being someone who is notorious for being, quote unquote, difficult to work with. Yeah. You know, it kind of gives you some perspective on what it means to be an actor, taking yourself seriously as an actor, what it takes to be, you know really good in your profession and give a good um you know performance you know maybe there's some perspective to it yeah but ed norton in this movie it, is a dick it, he's not, not a one-sided coin basically yeah he's ed. he's he's up his own ass and i i gotta say naomi watts is great in this she just has one of those roles where she is basically the sanest person there yeah so I mean, she's she's got to play the straight man where everybody else is absolutely fucking batshit. Yeah. And she just has to be, like, excited for her Broadway de- debut. Yeah. And all this, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I feel remiss in not mentioning her her performance. 
which is great. I, I, I don't want to say adequate, but she just, you know, obviously Norton and Keaton were absolute best. so crazy strong and, performances. And Emma Stone had a little more screen time. But yeah, Naomi Watts, great as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would give this a solid eight. I'm also in the camp that you just landed right in the middle of what we did. You did seven point five. I did eight point five. Like, it's like the spinal tap thing where it's like your fire, your eyes, and I'm just like lukewarm tap water. You know. <laughs> well, I think about rewatchability. I guess in the ones I'm thinking. Well, about. for me, I don't. I, it's not, and I'm not deliberately trying to split the difference between you guys, even though I love both of you. Mm. It's like for me, you can be in the middle of both of us. Yeah, just a Todd sandwich. You know what a JOI is? Um, from Google it, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Won't you type? I'm feeling lucky. Um, so for me, yeah, it's like the the single take thing, and it's ironic because you guys didn't like adaptation when you watched it. Fuck adaptation, because it's <laughs> like there to me, it has a there's a there's it's like a cousin to that movie where it's like there's a, a pretentiousness, there's an indulgence to filming in one continuous take, and just like adaptation, you have to either buy into it or you don't. But you know what they didn't do. They didn't make the movie about themselves. No. Writing a movie. Not directly. They made it, they made it about the actors playing the lead parts. Yeah, that is a little masturbatory. Yes. But mm. but to me, um, it's like the new a little bit of that new car smell is gone from that first time where I'm like, this is a 10. This is amazing. I love the achievement of this. This is rope, but a modern version of like where you have the advantage of CGI, you have the advantage of modern editing, and you learn how to do it. This is this is like an upgrade over that. Yeah. the The first viewing, I would have said this is a ten. The second time, it's like, well, to me, I still it still feels a little bit gimmicky. Okay, so it does it does go down in, in grade after yeah. the first time you watch it. Yes, right. So I'm still probably eight. I give this an eight. Okay. I I because I love the performances. I love it for not the single take you know, art house indulgence of it. I love it for Michael Keaton's performance. I love it for Ed Norton also sending up his own reputation to the tune of getting an Oscar nomination for it. I love Emma Stone, you know, also kind of sending up the, the roles that she plays of like the damaged party girl that she's done more than once in more than one movie. You know, she's kind of satirizing her own. I love Emma Stone. She I, does. She's, she's great. great. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love seeing Zach Galifianakis playing a quasi serious role. He does very well as the, this was, this was like in his heyday too. Yeah. So of being like a goofy comic guy. I love it, but not for the obvious surface reasons. Of, oh my God, it's a one take. It's amazing. It's like, it's just underneath that. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it stands well in that sense. Yeah. It's not a masterpiece, but yeah, I mean, you, you put people like Michael Keaton and Norton up at the top of it. It's very watchable. It's very interesting. I love, I honestly love the jazz drum soundtrack they have pounding oh, throughout. Yeah. Yes. The soundtrack is amazing. It, it fits the movie. Perfect. And, and they even give you the drummer like in, like a source drummer in the movie of him like playing the drums and them just being like, oh, yeah, here's your dollar. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. He's just it's awesome. And then him just showing up in the kitchen later on. Yeah. And, and doing some very syncopated like jazz bebop rhythms. It's, it's awesome. And then the drum line in the front of the theater yeah. out, out yeah. in Times Square. Yeah. The, they, they definitely capture the batshit crazy atmosphere of Times Square where like, you never know if you're going to see like a you know 64 piece marching band or like a bunch of crazy dudes dressed like the Avengers but like yeah, it's just fighting like, uh, in the street. imagine if we just saw Christian Bale walking in his underwear in Times Square <laughs> I would love it yeah. I, yeah I would never leave Times Square I will say that Birdman reminds me I don't know if any uh, Sean you might not you're a youngster 
little young. I'm just a baby. Pink baby, just swaddling in my arms. But Todd, uh, Hanna Barbera cartoons, uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. Mm-hmm. Those are from before Birdman, your time. Birdman reminded me of Blue Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Every time I saw him, I was like, I'm familiar. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> and hopefully that voice actor got the chance to run through Times Square in his underwear at least once. God, I hope so. Did, did I ever tell you the uh, Michael Keaton story about when Jenna was in Hollywood one time? Mm. She was at a restaurant. restaurant the time restaurant in Hollywood. I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, she was at a restaurant in Hollywood. And it's kind of this like far away, like out of nowhere restaurant that's kind of catered towards celebrities. It's kind of like there's no signal. It's it's very private. Um, she was working for a company that did advertisements, and so they were doing their like yearly retreat. And their company went and it was a very small company, about like ten people, trying to do dinner at one night. Um, and they're waiting for their table out in this restaurant. And she gets a tap on the shoulder. And she's like, hey, I need to get to the bathroom. And she like turns. She's like, oh, sorry, I'm out. It was fucking Michael Keaton. Wow. Michael Keaton is trying to get to the bathroom. You know, they get to their table. They're talking. They're drinking, whatever. Michael Keaton's sat at a table very close to them. And then who walks in? Chris McDonald. Oh, wow. Fucking Robin. Mm-hmm. From Batman and Robin. And, Jealous of his sideburns. And, and she's the first one to be like, Batman. Mm-hmm. Robin. Yeah. Batman. Robin. Apparently they had never met. Chris McDonald, right? You think, you, not yeah. McDonald. You think Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell? O'Donnell. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Okay. Is it not yeah, Chris yeah, McDonald? Yeah. Chris McDonald is the bad guy in the Adam Sandler movie. Um, I can't remember. Like, oh, it doesn't up. matter. Talk about yourselves. Anyway, up. but yeah, so it, Chris O'Donnell and Michael Keaton met for the first time in this restaurant. She was there to bear witness. Wait, before Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin was a different Batman. That was George oh, Clooney. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Happy Shooter Gilmore. Gavin. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's one of those guys you can't miss him. Like, you can't. You, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like Chris O'Donnell oh, is that way. Gavin. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, that's that's the Michael Keaton. And I was, about cool. to, I was about to geek out in a whole different direction. Like, she met Chris McDonald. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> not Shooter McGavin. And now, that guy is badass. He is badass. That, that actor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, had, had a great day though. Yeah. You know. Still. Yeah. What, what did he shoot? Eighty. Had a great day though. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Eight. You're eight and a half. Eight and a half. You're seven. Seven, seven and a half. Yeah. So we just, it had to be less a, than it's a no country. Consensus eight. There we go. It's it's a rewatchability factor. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I feel that. That's fair. But yeah, it's been another episode of Simavino. We had a lot to say about this. It one. has been. Uh, say so we're drinking Juggernaut, Russian River Pinot Noir. Good stuff. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. And uh, great movies, only drunker. And we will see you guys next time. Sorry, Mom. Bye.